the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thursday, and that means that J.R. Davis is in, the governor's spokesman, and got some things positive to talk about uh, here in Arkansas. A couple of weeks ago, uh, I was speaking about soybean prices cratering here in the state of uh, Arkansas. That was then. This is now. And after the EU trade talk yesterday, and uh, the president announcing that the European Union was going to basically pick up the slack of China in soybeans, uh, the uh, Wall, Wall Street took off on a run. Uh, it's still going on. Yesterday and today, it's going to be about a 500-point switch in the, in the stock market. And uh, I'm sure I have had the opportunity to look, but I got to believe soybean prices are taking off again, and the farmers in Arkansas are feeling pretty good. I'm sure you hear about this pretty quickly over in the governor's office. Yeah, I think it was a big win for President Trump and and uh, for his negotiations, ongoing negotiations, not just with the European Union, but with China. Mm-hmm. Uh, and China's, you know, trying to do everything they could as far as agricultural products go, soybeans being one of them. So for the United States to get a big win with the European Union is is certainly uh, felt on a number of different levels as far as countries go. Now, I'll tell you what happened to China. They lost one of their bargaining ships. Yeah. That's what happened. They're not in a powerful position right now, and they know it. And we'll just see if uh, they decide to lose a little face, which they don't like to do. Yeah. We'll also find out what they're going to do that we – we know they and Russia are, um, you know, sneaking in oil to North Korea. So we'll see what happens with that as well. Yeah, I think it also sort of uh, undercuts the narrative that the European Union and China were were trying to, um, and not that they're not. I think the European Union sees some benefit in that, but with the uh, human rights violations in China, I think they're more apprehensive of sort of establishing that relationship. But there were those articles out there saying that the European Union and China were growing closer as the United States uh, continued sort of the uh, uh, protectionist uh, platform. But I think with the announcement from the European Union, uh, I mean, that really undercuts what China is trying to do, I think, because now you're seeing that relationship and they're reaching out and saying, look, we understand uh, where we are in this. And uh, for them to say, look, you know, we'll absolutely um, um, 
start buying more soybeans from um, the American market, and that's a big news for and not just a that, but natural more. gas, a lot more natural <laughs> gas too. So I think those are those are just some big wins. And when you talk about concession in general, you got to remember the European Union said as long as we have these tariffs on aluminum and steel in place, we will not have any negotiation with the United States. Hmm. Well, that obviously didn't happen, and, and basically. The concession, the, the only, I mean, if you want to call it a concession, basically Trump said we'll wait on the tariffs on automobiles for the time being, right, and, right, and we'll go. To, that was the only concession. There wasn't even anything in place. So I think t- to say it was a win for President Trump is an understatement. I think it was a really big day for the White House as far as the trade and uh, trade negotiations and, and tariffs are concerned. It was a big, big day for freedom for trade. What the president said yesterday. In fact, you know, for all the people who said, well, this was going to, you know, fracture our relationship with the EU, play cut number four for me. Here's the president speaking. So we had a big day, very big. We met right here at the White House to launch a new phase in the relationship between the United States and the European Union, a phase of close friendship, of strong trade relations in which both of us will win of working better together for global security and prosperity, and of fighting jointly against terrorism. The United States and the European Union together count for more than 830 million citizens and more than 50 percent of the global GDP. In other words, together we're more than 50 percent of trade. If we team up, we can make our planet a better, more secure, and more prosperous place. Already today, the United States and the European Union have a $1 trillion bilateral trade relationship, the largest economic relationship anywhere in the world. We want to further strengthen this trade relationship to the benefit of all American and European citizens. It's pretty good. I, this doesn't sound like uh, they're enemies, does it? No. And I think, again, I mean, you, you talked about this uh, off the air when I came in, but, you know, the fact that, you know, people continue, especially the news media, continue to chide President Trump on that weeks-long journey with NATO and then over to Helsinki. Yeah, the go fact back that to he, that NATO trip when he stopped by NATO and remember how the media were going, you can't say that to your allies. Right. Yeah, I mean, well, I think now they're it's ready to up. buy a whole bunch of liquefied natural gas from us. Look, there are people that have have you know cautiously supported the president. There's people that have overwhelmingly supported the president. And then you've got the liberals out there that say everything he does is is wrong for the country. But Setting I think the, uh, having sky on fire, right? Saying, but but looking back at the NATO trip and and things that he said then, regardless of whether it's your personal style, it set it up perfectly mm-hmm. for this uh, meeting with the European Union. And and quite frankly, I heard it said this was uh, someone. Uh, this was a an economist over in Europe saying that if if you look about concessions, if if someone says I'm going to burn your house down, you have to pay me this money, and you pay them the money, and they decide not to burn your house down, was that a concession sort yeah. of thing? And so I think just kind of talks to um, uh, speaks to to sort of the win for the president, and and I think from the European Union's perspective, they know that you know. Uh, another example I was reading is that they still know the bullets are loaded in the chamber. It's just not pointed at their head right now, and that's a win for them. And I think they see it that way. So I think this is a a good opportunity. And when you look at the automobile tariffs, I mean, it's 10% in Europe. 
The United States is two and a half percent. No one can look at that Democrat Republican in between and say there's not an imbalance, right? Yeah. And and so I think that they realized that too, and and knew that there was an imbalance there. And I, I you know, uh, again, I think this just um, speaks to the negotiating power of the president. For those who've wavered with him on it, I think this sets up a pretty good um, path forward. Uh, with trade relations with the European Union and I think with some of the other countries as well. Well, I think it definitely sets up China. China cannot cannot hold under this pressure. Their economy is in problems. Let's just put it that way. And now they've lost one of their major uh, bartering chips with soybeans. Yeah. And uh, I think that we're going to see some things happen. I mean, we have been taking a licking. Yeah. from these countries in in trade it has not been free trade uh it it, it hasn't been equal trade uh, we've taken the brunt of it and for whatever reason uh when obama was president bush was impre- was president when uh, clinton was president and what when bush senior was president they just went along with whatever you know the EU and, and China and them were saying at that time because I guess they were so so weak they weren't worried about them making some extra money. But over the last uh, sixteen to eighteen years, uh, the EU has been costing us about eight hundred and thirteen billion dollars a year. Yeah. Uh, let me let me let me try to put that in perspective. All right. We're we're sending them eighteen or not eight hundred and thirteen billion dollars to the plus side for them every year for the last eighteen years. That's uh, eighteen divided by four is a four and a half. All right, just four and a half, four and a half uh, segments there. Every one of those four, if you take four, uh, four years. That means it would be about two point six or something trillion yeah. dollars. Okay, so over that time we could have lowered our debt by that much money. Yeah. Now that that's assuming right, that the that money they were yeah. saving they weren't spending exactly. in Washington, but we know they would have spent it probably. Yes, uh, but you're right. You're actually absolutely right. I think that. Um, you, you know, past presidents have had the same people in their ear saying that you can't do this. It's not a good They're idea. It's going to hurt our economy. They're our allies. Yeah. And I think for Trump and his administration to get out there and say, no, we need to do things differently. Uh, if you if if you were, if you keep the status quo, nothing changes. And I think what you've seen is rattling the cages. There's been a lot of outcry. I, I still think, um, uh, you know, the interesting part is those who uh, – um, who are against Trump or speak out against Trump on the trade wars and tariffs and that sort of thing are usually members of Congress or heads of associations, correct? If yep. you check with most farmers, and it's because probably they haven't felt the pinch that that much right now, but they still very much support the president, and they understand, especially from uh, from their background and experience, that trade imbalances do affect their bottom line and that they have a president out there who's at least negotiating, um, you know, toughly negotiating – um, those imbalances with the United States and their uh, trading partners. So uh, I think what you saw in that news conference yesterday uh, is just, you know, 
a giant step forward for the United States in renegotiating those trade imbalances. Uh, and I think you'll see some of the other countries. I mean, this was a shot across the bow to a lot of countries, and, and you mentioned it earlier, but especially China. And, and China, oh, boy, I yeah. think, kind of cut their nose off despite their face. They went all in with soybeans, but they import billions of tons of soybeans every year into China. And now that they've raised the tariffs on that, it's not not only is was intended to well, their intention was obviously to hurt the United States and the president's uh, uh, position on negotiation, but they can't make up for that. They, they, they're trying things with the, on the border there with Russia. They're trying things with some uh, other trading partners they may have, where, and they've told their farming community basically stop whatever else you're doing and start planting soybeans. But no matter what they do, they're never going to be able to make up for that shortfall in soybeans. And then when you have the EU come out and say, hey, we're going to – we're going to take more of this on. We're going to purchase more soybeans from the United States. It immediately undercuts them, and they've put themselves in a, themselves in a position um, where, I mean, of their own doing, really. And, and instead of coming to the table for negotiations, China's in uh, a bit of a uh, no-man's land right now, if you will. Well, I truly believe that. Yeah, and a lot of those European countries were yelling about when the president announced yesterday, and I think he knew they were never going to have to use the money, uh, about the twelve billion dollars yeah. for the for the uh, the farmers to make up for the loss of what was happening in soybeans. What you have to understand is that the way trade was, you know, fashioned at this time is the European Union has been doing that forever, and in China and Russia they do it forever. The the government sends money out to those industries so that. They can. They don't lose the money. They keep the money that they always were making, uh, but they they don't have to worry. They don't have to worry about losing money, and then they can undercut, you know, our country on what soybeans or whatever, so that they can sell more to other countries because they undercut our prices, and that's not fair trade. And I think the. You know, you heard the president talk about yesterday, he wants to get to no tariffs. He right. wants all free trade. Absolutely. That's the way it should be. That's way I've said that all the time. I'm not even worried. I want free trade. Absolutely want free trade. But you got to get rid of every tariff. you got to play by the same book of rules or you're both playing a different game. Absolutely. And we were playing the losing one. No, absolutely. And for a very long time, you mentioned it earlier, uh, you just haven't had anyone say we're going to go toe to toe and we're going to fix this trade imbalance. And and when you do that, uh, the the country, you know, continues to uh, the economy will continue to, uh, you know, go in the direction it's going now. But that's the one issue you can't you can. I mean, basically, it's like what you, you, you can't fix all these things over here until you go to the source of the problem. Those things will continue. The source of the problem is that the United States has been losing, you know, over the last two decades, just trillions of dollars, uh, and it's not going into the uh, the United States economy. It's hurting our businesses here. Let's give people, let's give businesses all across, you know, uh, not just in the United States, but in Europe, and give them an even playing field, you know, and let them go out there and let's sell really what compete. they've got. Let's compete. Yeah, what do you have? What do we've got? Let's go compete. Yeah, and I think that's the way it should go. And and I think that again, yesterday was a giant step forward in that. Yeah, regard. I love it. I loved it. I loved it when he. Went after uh, uh, Germany and taking seventy percent of their natural gas from the frickin' Russians, and then asking us to pony up a whole bunch of money to protect them. You know, 
in a quiet moment in the evening, sit and think about that a little bit yeah. and how stupid yeah. that is. I mean, it's talking out of both sides of your mouth. I'm going to yeah. buy. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to buy from my worst enemy all kinds of energy that they're going to use to build up their military that they want to use to try to crush me, and I won't buy that product from who's supposed to be my greatest friend since yeah. we kicked their butt in World War II. <laughs> But, uh, you know, bottom line, uh, the United States of America, because now we're the Saudi Arabia when it comes to natural gas. Well, think of it this way. You know, Trump gets beat up constantly for, you know, the the way he's spoken about Russia and Mm -hmm. President Putin. And then you have, you know, whether it's the World Trade Organization or NATO or the European Union, and they continue to denounce Russia. But their actions are completely different, yeah. whereas the president may say some things, but the actions don't go along with what he said. I mean, Putin will take the uh, the uh, negative language in public any day of the week versus, you know, the money coming into yeah, his country. Yeah, so, my natural gas. Say yeah, whatever you want It just props to. them up more. But I, so I think that's what you're – I think that's – hopefully it's what we're going to start seeing more with the European they, – they understand how important trade is with the United States. This isn't two years after World War II anymore. Yeah. We don't have to hold their hand and, and artificially bolster their economy. Yep. They, they're big boys now. They're not, you know, running around in their knickers and their leading hoser. Yeah, you know, and and smacking their thighs. Okay, I'm just saying they're just not doing. You know what? That. What what the European Union has said publicly, and and you know even the relationship with the United States and condemning Russia, all those things are great. I agree with what they're saying. It's the actions that have to back up what yep. you're saying. And as soon as they do that, I think obviously the United States and the European Union have a uh, a tremendous path forward to be successful for for both groups. And um, you know, I think that when you look at the imbalances, everyone always points fingers about how uh, the president or his administration is handling things publicly. But when you look at the the balance sheets, right, you can't argue with it. We are getting smoked when it comes to uh, the amount of tariffs that we have to pay as a country when we export items. I mean, it's it's what was it, over a thousand percent tariff on milk going to Canada. Yeah, it's I mean, outrageous. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the same thing. It's just, and I think, too, again, we talk about European Union and China, but look at NAFTA and the renego- renegotiation mm-hmm. and the remodernizing of uh, or the modernizing of NAFTA is important. And, and the, you watch and, it, you're going to get a, you're going to get a personal note from Trudeau. That's right. Yeah. yeah well, welcome. <laughs> I welcome it. Uh, but but I think that um, news conference and the meeting yesterday uh, really speaks volumes to the NAFTA negotiations as yep. well. And that, you know, again, Canada, Mexico, they can do whatever they want with other countries, but they know they need the United States. They need NAFTA to be modernized, renegotiated, uh, and and move forward. And I think that, again, uh, I'll just say today after yesterday, the uh, position that President Trump is in for no- negotiating on a number of uh, trade relationships was – uh, dramatically enhanced. Yeah, and I and all of you who are farmers that are listening, just remember what he said yesterday. He said, "Be patient." Yeah, he says you're going to love the way this is going to end. Just be patient. All right, we got to take a break. J.R. Davis is here, Governor Spokesman. We got a lot more to talk about. I just think this EU deal. A lot of people are going to say, Dave, 
listeners don't like to hear this, you know, deep in the swamp, in the weeds kind of how this this is the kind of stuff that's going to affect your pocketbook. Oh, yeah. You know, more money coming back into the United States, back into Arkansas, the agricultural economy. It's a very big deal what happened yesterday. And I think we'll continue to see the fruits of that. I'm really excited. All right. Don't forget that you should keep in mind that there are 567 different ways to claim your Social Security benefits. There's 2,728 rules in the Social Security handbook. And the Social Security Administration just lets you flounder out on your own because they're forbidden to offer you any personalized advice about how you should take your Social Security. You know, if I take it now, what's that going to do to me if I wait for three more years and I'm going to be 70 and things of that nature? And you're going to get more and when you turn 70. But is it a fair turnaround? Things of that nature. It's no wonder there's as much as $10 billion in benefits that go unclaimed every year because I I think people get kind of frozen in fear because they don't know the rules. Uh, You can know the rules by getting an up-to-date 2018 Guide to Social Security. You can get a free one uh, from uh, David Lucas, and you can learn how you could wring every nickel out of those Social Security benefits. I mean... That money is rightfully yours. So here's what you need to do. You need to call David Lucas for that free 2018 Guide to Social Security at 501-653-6690. 501-653-6690 or just visit the website, davidlucasfinancial.com. All right, we've got news next, and then when we come back with JR for the last 25 minutes, we got some big announcements to hear about. But here's the news. All right, back with you. And uh, Shelly just walked in. She'll join us in the next hour. She said something that I should ask you. When when will this go into effect, uh, this deal with the EU? Do you know? I don't know, uh, and I think that's actually where a lot of people are right now. I know that they've made the commitment to – uh, purchase more soybeans but i don't know what that looks like uh and so we'll just have to watch but i'm sure it's probably, already going to raise soybeans because people are sure. try to r- jump in there before the eu starts hey, buying the, it obviously words have power and we saw that with the uh stock exchange yesterday and the dow so i mean i think sooner rather than later for sure especially when the negotiations Did are you, you said that when the the president was doing his press conference that as he was speaking the, yeah, the, it jumped. Yeah, I don't know if it was like right when it, but yeah, right after it's like 170 points it jumped, and <laughs> so it's it funny. Did. Yeah, the power of words when yeah. it comes to the uh, economic aspect of the country. But yeah, the stock, the, the stock market, the Dow Jones especially took off. Took off. So. Gotta love that. My 401. <laughs> thanks you, Mr. President. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. I mean, I my uh, when the president took office, my 401k. Was it about eleven thousand five hundred and eighty dollars? And that's because I was still trying to come back from yeah. two thousand and eight. Guess what? Where it stands now? A little, little over twenty two thousand dollars. Man, just over the last couple of years. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll do it. It will do it when you got somebody who's pro business. I love pro business people. Pro free trade, pro capitalism. Yeah, people. I, I love that. 
again, there's just all this news out there, and there's the 24-7 uh, reports on the White House. But when you actually talk to you know businesses in Indiana or in California even, I mean, businesses, or, Arkansas. Or, or Arkansas for sure. But, you know, when you talk to these companies, they, they feel great about where things are at. And for the first time in years, they are expanding despite what, you know, they hear in media reports because they know that they've got someone in the White House who's pro-business and they know that with confidence they can start to expand and reinvest the money from the tax cut into their business and hire new folks or give their employees raises. I mean, that's the sort of confidence that you have to have as far as a foundation uh, for economic growth in this country. If businesses feel comfortable expanding and growing their uh, production and you know whatever they do and specialize in that's the foundation of how you grow the economy and so if they're oh. confident that's a that's a pretty big uh here's a good plank. here's a good part of that whether you're a democrat whether you're a, a socialist democrat whether you're a republican doesn't matter to me here's what you need to do as you're driving down any of the major thoroughfares 67 167 i-40 i-30 around uh, Little Rock, notice all of those Caterpillar signs that are up on the big billboards that are looking for workers right now. You wouldn't have had to even run those a few years ago. You would have just whispered jobs and people would have been flooding there. Uh, Now they're putting up big billboards because other people are looking for people to work and doing a lot of these same kinds of jobs. And now they're having to fight for the, the, the kind of people that they want, which means that's going to elevate uh, the uh, money, the wages people make, things of that nature. And it won't be because the government is saying, well, you're going to have to pay them $15 an hour. That's just ridiculous. Yep. It's stupid. You want to you wanna throw a big old wet blanket over a, a recovery? Start doing idiotic things like that. you know, And, and you'll run out of the money that you're using for all your socialist programs. Look, there's always bad actors out there, and so when liberals point fingers at these big corporations they think are being greedy, for the most part, when you have your own business, when you grow a business from the ground up, it is your your baby, right? You want it to succeed, which means you want good employees, you want to invest in those employees, and you want to grow. And and, and, and I would say, you know, 95% of the time, that's what's happening. And so when you give them the freedom to do that, that's when you start seeing the fruits of that labor and allow them to just to do what they do best. Let them grow. Let them expand. When you put you know, onerous regulations uh, on businesses, you know, not only do are they not allowed to do what they want to do, first and foremost, but then they got to bring in other people to handle those regulations, making sure they're they're in line with what the federal government's making them do. So I think the obviously the less regulations and the more freedom you can give our businesses here in America, uh, the potential is. I, I truly don't. I I think the potential in the situation we're in right now in this country, as far as where the economy can go, uh, could be unprecedented. I agree. You could see one of the greatest periods of growth in America that is happened since post-World War II. Yeah. I mean, seriously. No, I'm, I, I'm, I'm serious about that. I didn't get to see a period of growth. I mean, when I was growing up, it was the 70s, stagnation, mm-hmm. all right? Everything was just kind of just the status quo all the time. And then when Reagan came, then we had some growth start again. Then we put it, uh, we put in a, a play Republican, 
and then he got beat because the Ferengi got involved with the uh, presidential race uh, from down in Texas, and uh, you put Clinton in. Clinton, the only thing that he's got to his name was the dot-com revolution that for some reason they let overheat and got behind on got behind too many well the gov- as usual the government got behind a lot of that like in Obama's time uh solar energy was the one that they were putting all the yep. government money into and it all went bust yep don't hear much oh, about yeah, you what is it about sol- that, don't you? Solander or what whatever their name was at one solar company yep. it's not even Solandra, around right? yeah it's yeah. not even around anymore yeah yep i mean again when it, there the government has a proper function but getting in the way of small businesses to be able to grow when we get back to the time where you have you know a sam walton you know or a, a john a don tyson who can grow a company from the ground up and turn it into something yeah. that it is today like you've got to give you've got to give entrepreneurs that opportunity to take an idea run with it grow expand and become something bigger than they ever could imagine i think that's that's part of the american dream so when you throw you know as you said wet blankets on top of that uh, you can't expect anything but stagnation yeah. and, and and little uh, to no growth and i think that's what we've seen over the last uh yeah, last 50 years really i, mean, yeah, if you break I played it all down, a piece from kudlow yesterday kudlow uh who's the one of the main movers and shakers for the president dealing with the economy and he said he he referred in what he was talking about he said by the end of this week, they're going to announce the GDP growth. He said it's going to be mid-fours, maybe even 5%. Do you remember the debate? I, I the remember. The debates during the Republican? A, a couple of years ago, everybody was talking about, could we ever get over 2.5% two, two again? I remember when uh, Jeb Bush was saying 3%. Yeah. And that was the that was sort of the, that was, uh, the bar, right? That if we got there, people the were mountain. like, oh my gosh, we'll never get to 3%. Yeah. So, I mean, again, that's what I'm saying. I think the the possibilities for unprecedented growth are uh, and sustained yes. growth so is that is a big word. Important. Yeah, I mean, that really. I mean, is it? But that's about fifteen <laughs> cent word. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> bottom line is that if you could sustain four to four and a half percent a year for the next four or five years, everybody be going on two summer vacations and buying a new car every couple of years i'm just telling you people yeah. have a lot more money be ex- be excited and you talk i mean the economy always plays into elections always 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 if people are at home regardless of the politics and the back and forth between democrats and republicans or who's in the white house if people are going home after working go you know grabbing dinner and they're not worried about what they've got in their bank account mm-hmm. that is i mean i I think that is just a huge uh, undermes- underestimated factor when people are looking at the November midterms and even the presidential election. If the economy is booming and continues to boom and sustains that growth, I mean, you're going to have a lot of Americans on both sides basically saying, you know, w- why do we want to change anything That's what right happened now? in Reagan. Yeah. That's why Reagan won. He won closely in his first election – and blew out Mondale in the last. I mean, Mondale just barely carried yeah. Minnesota. If you if you get back to the like, if you put what you know the personal side, personal part of it aside, right? If people start getting past that, whether whether or not they like President Trump, right, yep. for the person that he is, if you get past that and you start looking 
at what has happened what with the Supreme Court nominations and picks, with the economy booming the way it is. Uh, again, we keep going back to probably an exhaustion to this meeting yesterday, but just underscore the importance of it and how that has boosted the position of the president as far as negotiations go when people thought what he was doing was absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think yesterday was a, was a great example of how it's, it's not crazy and maybe we should give him a little more room uh, to negotiate those yep. trade deals. So there's a lot going on right now. So if you take away sort of the, the, uh, the controversial speak or tweets or whatever it is and actually look on paper what's being done and, and Americans can get to that point. Uh, yeah, I, 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 this yeah, will be a new chapter in the history happen. book as far as what <laughs> happens and what, what plays into the hand or what goes into effect as far as, uh, excuse me, what affects elections at midterms and in uh, election years. When people have left to worry about, they're not going to be that upset. Let me take you back 16 years. That'd be when President Clinton was in office. What was their mantra? It's the economy, stupid. The Democrats have even forgotten that. Yeah, it's very true. All right, let's take a break. We got to do that. We'll come back, finish up with J.R. Davis. Good discussion today. I love when we have these kinds of discussions here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Now, Elizabeth just came in because the uh, women power panelists convening after you leave jr just wanted to say that uh, she pointed something out i forgot to say ranger boats were yep. at the white house just sure the other were. day and evidently the president's supposed to be going fishing on one here in the very near future oh wow i love when arkansas is highlighted in that yeah way. i like that yep. i didn't like all that okay cool. with with arkansas being highlighted uh, governor asa hutchinson was uh uh, picked out as uh, one of the better governors in the United States, a list of the best and the worst, and he mm-hmm. came in pretty doggone good. That's right, yeah. He came in number eight on the list as far as America's most popular governors go, and he's the second most popular in the South behind uh, Kay Ivey. We call her the uh, grandma governor in Alabama. She, They love her. No, she's great. She's, she, and that's really funny. She reminds me of my grandmother. My grandmother was from South, was from South Alabama. Uh, she's since passed, but I mean, every time I see her and hear her with that Alabama drawl, it's just, I, you know, but she's great. I've had the pleasure of meeting her, but aside from uh, K.I., and of course, let's be honest, the uh, bar set by Bentley was <laughs> uh, was pretty low, but no, she's great. Um, but behind Alabama, Governor Hutchinson comes in ahead uh, of Georgia, uh, the rest of the southern states, but Governor Greg Abbott, who comes in at number 10 on the list, so... Um, they. This is a morning consult. They've been doing this since 2016, uh, and now they do it every quarter. Uh, and every quarter they've done this since the governor's been in office. He's been in the top ten uh, and have, with high approval ratings just based on polling in the state. And uh, so, I mean, I think that speaks to where we are in the state right now as far as where our economy's going uh, and the job creation. You mentioned Caterpillar. Uh, what we've done as far as implementing work requirements here in the state, uh, the new program integrity measures. How How is what going on in Kentucky going to affect us? As of right now, it's not. Okay. Um, and, and so that was a uh, – uh, we'll see what happens with it. I'm sure there will be some lawsuits. But as of right now, we finished the first month, uh, you know, of work requirements mm-hmm. um, in the beginning of July. We're coming up on the second month. 
Uh, and the way that works is if you know folks don't, that are subject to those work requirements don't verify their employment after three months, they'll lose their coverage for the rest of the year. Um, but I think that's just when we talk about personal responsibility. But you go on with with what we've done in healthcare. Um, and the computer science initiative where Arkansas continues to be looked upon by the rest of the country as the, the leader. Thing. Yeah, the whole coding thing. We're seeing companies uh, come to Arkansas and seriously looking at Arkansas to move their headquarters or expand because they know that uh, what we're building right now as far as a workforce for the future uh, it benefits them greatly, especially when you have kids who are, we, we know, think about it now, when we, we first implemented work, or, uh, when we first implemented computer science in all high schools, these kids were, some of them were in ninth grade. Now they're graduating. Some of those that were in 11th and 12th grades are going on to college. We saw Lyon College bring back computer science as a major because of the demand from some of their incoming students. Up in uh, what, in Batesville? Yeah, in the Batesville area. So you're seeing more and more of that, and I think that companies notice that, and it's not an overnight thing. But you're building something worthwhile, and mm-hmm. I think that's an exciting uh, prospect for Arkansas moving forward. And that's all that goes into that whole clean economy that so many people are worried yeah. about. Yeah. I don't care whether it's clean or it's dirty. If they're hiring people right. and paying hey. good livable wages, you know what? I love it. There was a report that came out yesterday, Arkansas's, uh, we have grown faster than any other state over the last five years with manufacturing jobs, Good. which is great. And uh, we're outpacing the the, the uh, 50 state average. Uh, we're bringing in more manufacturing jobs uh, to Arkansas. Uh, I will say, Dave, we did take a little bit of a hit on the GDP because they said our government isn't growing fast enough. Uh, so I knew you'd like that. We've actually yeah. dipped. We we dipped in that. I, we have I want to keep right dipping. Yeah, we thought that was a good thing. But uh, we <laughs> you know we have fourteen hundred fewer employees uh, that we've done through attrition. When people leave for another job or retire, we just right. don't fill the position. So I think people have seen this uh, leadership from the governor. They like where we are right now. Uh, he's been. Um, uh, he's been a big voice in Washington on major policy issues, especially with trade, mm-hmm. the tariff situation. Um, uh, he was, uh, and I think on top of that, in the last week, he was not only named to the Council of Governors by the president, uh, he was also named chair chairman of the National Governors Association's uh, um, Education and Workforce Committee, which is one of their bigger committees there, and obviously that says... That says it all in the name there. We get to help direct policy initiatives for education and how to build a workforce with a better and stronger workforce across the country because of what we're doing here in Arkansas. All right. With all that said, there is still one more thing I wanted to ask you about. And uh, I'm I'm hearing that there's something afoot uh, about the, uh, the state police and stuff. Yes, there's something afoot in a good way. Uh, we're going to make a... I always uh, like to use yeah. my Sherlock Holmes reference. <laughs> right. I like a foot. You don't hear that often <laughs> enough. Um, no, we have a big announcement tomorrow in Lowell, uh, up in northwest Arkansas. Um, it'll be uh, something, I think, that is uh, well-received across the state, but especially in law enforcement communities. I can't tell you exactly what it is, but tomorrow at 9 o'clock, uh, we'll be streaming it live on the governor's website. Uh, and YouTube page, so check that out. But it's uh, it's an exciting announcement, and I think it will really um, push our state forward when it comes to uh, law enforcement and uh, and and um, caseloads. So, so what what uh, you know? Uh, how do people see see that uh, on on the internet? What's the sure. address that they go to? 
So you can go to YouTube and search Governor Asa Hutchinson, and you'll go to our YouTube page. Or if you're on social media, Facebook, Twitter, um, we will send out a link a few minutes before it starts. Just click that and watch it. Okay. Uh, and, of course, we have links uh, to our YouTube page on the governor's website, which we've just relaunched. We redesigned it. It's, uh, it's a great uh, website, user-friendly. i got to give a shout-out to Jeremy May, our videographer and webmaster. He's really spent a lot of time on this. But uh, you go to governor.arkansas.gov governor.arkansas.gov and and take a look it's a sharp new website and um at, at no expense to the taxpayer mind you by the way that's important to get out there but uh it's it's great and you can find a lot of helpful information on there okay so governor.arkansas.gov it sounds like you're hiccuping or something that's well, right. we can't change the url because it's been the way it has been for a long time but when we came into office in 2015 the website was uh, so far behind so we did one design and we asked people to send in their favorite pictures of arkansas in high resolution and we incorporated that into the backdrop of the website and uh this new website it's a video that streams there's about four different videos but economic development computer science veterans um just the natural state itself it's really really sharp um but we you know we, we want to be considered the uh new tech frontier as far as states are concerned and obviously we need a website that showcases that and that's that's the new website all right so elizabeth wants to get in before she can come in so i'll let her do it i was just really curious (laughs) how we got to renovate the website website and it didn't cost the taxpayers any money since this is the business i'm in on the side sure yeah well it's uh information network arkansas which has like a it's a quasi uh agency state agency but they get uh, they're funded through when you um, uh, when you renew your tags online, that sort of thing. They're funded through that, but they 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 assist a lot of the uh, offices, a lot of the agencies with What's their the websites. Name again? Uh, the the uh, it's INA, uh, INA Information Network of Arkansas. So anyway, but they uh, uh, they they've done great work for us, and and we are very appreciative. And so when you get a chance, go to governor.arkansas.gov and give it a look. All right, let's do it again next Thursday. What do you say? I think I can fit you in. You can be okay. <laughs> no, you can fit me in, right? All right, there. <laughs> I guess I'll fit you in. All right, All right we thanks, appreciate J.R. Davis, Governor Spokesman, here on the show. Let's take a break. We'll be back, unless you're listening to me at five o'clock, and I'll see you tomorrow. with you dave ellswick show got the ladies here today elizabeth is here and of course uh, shelly is here we're still looking for another outspoken conservative woman who wants no, to I join thought we wanted group. a democrat i was saying right. i didn't okay. have to be conservative okay. just somebody who's outspoken I thought right? we wanted right. somebody that we could okay go so, at it with. there you go <laughs> right okay if you want if you're a democrat if you're Oh, but please, if you're a Democrat socialist. Right. You'll probably do, do two shows and then quit, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't huh? think we'd ever get them in the door. Did you guys <laughs> Did you guys hear them go at it 
on The View the other day. I played it on the air. Are which, you talking about with Janine which time? Pirro? With Janine Pirro? No, 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 no. I'm talking about with McCain. Oh, yeah. And Joy Bear with talking Megan about McCain. socialism. Yep. Oh, I missed that. I missed that. I, I did, you know, if I we talked to people like that and had our, we wouldn't be on the air 30 seconds. I'd yeah. have to Google they that. I did hear a little, a little bit of something. Oh, that I, now, I'm trying to keep, there's so much going on, y'all. I can't keep up with it all. Like, yeah. let me, oh, my gosh. Let me ask, let me ask uh, 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 Zach. Zach, do we still have that clip from yesterday? Uh, let's see. Let me look on my pages here maybe i've got that uh what does it say where is it uh oh, elizabeth warren i, I should have kept that i am a capitalist come on mm-hmm. um i don't see i don't see it look and see if we still have uh oh yeah the view the meltdown as megan mccain and joy bear slug it out over socialism we still have that you guys want to hear it? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Here, here's Joe, Joey Bear and Megan McCain. Now, I'm just going to tell you, you got to listen close because Joy Bear as normal will not shut her mouth. Okay. She just, she just, she's like every Democrat I know. They will try to talk over and you. She's so loud. And uh, so let me let you hear this. Whoopi, Whoopi tries to play peacekeeper. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, that works well. Yeah. Didn't, didn't go so well with the judge. But anyway, with that, here is uh, Megan and Joy getting at it. We were talking about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and she's one of the reasons that what is now being called democratic socialists are rising stars in the party. But I, I'm a little concerned about that because I, this was my problem with Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. If you're a socialist, tell me that. Mm-hmm. Don't say that you're a Democrat because you clearly don't, we don't have the same uh, ideas of what should be happening if you're a Democrat. I, so I, I wonder uh, if this is now a splinter group um, if anybody's discussed the difference between socialism and democratic uh, socialism, well, so, I, I don't know. Isn't it more like, isn't democratic socialism very close to liberalism? I mean, no. I mean, well, think about it for a second. Medicare, Social Security, uh, well, garbage that's collection, the post office, the library. That's all the show and i asked her this question about what do you mean by being a democratic socialist and she went over her platform she says medicare for all good uh fully funded public schools and universities love it paid family and sick leave good justice system reform immigration justice infrastructural overhaul clean campaign finance an economy of peace housing as a human right well i don't know can you just stop that right there and pick it up from there okay now what in the hell is an economy of peace? Right. That what girl is, that? is I, I, please, please keep touting that new chick. I tell you what, let her be the face of the Democratic Party. Is, is she, that is she in, well, that, that, that's not her. Uh, no, they were talking about her. Yeah, but, yeah. About her. but the one well, that was talking said, about being a she's oh, a Democrat. Oh, you're talking about Joy Behar. Was that Behar that was saying, yeah, I, yeah, I can go along with that. I yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I thought was that Behar talk, saying yeah. that? She yeah. don't even know what she believes in. No, right? Yeah. They, you know, that's fr- why they free cons- housing? Yeah. Free college? It just happens. For, it falls down from the sky magically. Yeah. Nobody has Somebody to pay for it. Somebody pays for it, folks. They were repeating what the yeah, lady on the bus had said. Yes, and Joy was And I know that, but what is yes. an economy check, of peace? Check, 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 yeah. check, check. Yeah. check. 
What is an economy of peace? This is why they interrupt I, and talk over everyone, because when you ask them actual questions, they cannot answer. Capitalism so all they can do is filibuster. is an economy of peace. And Cortez is the same lady who said that uh, oh, she's that Israel was, you know, an n- enemy. N- or, or, yeah, and they were in, in the settlements, and <laughs> she got it all yeah, so screwed up. You yeah. saw the, the little video that they did that was made up where a conservative talk radio gal, or talk show, not radio, TV gal, made a video as if she were interviewing her, but, of course, she used film clips for the okay. responses. Right. It was great. Right. It Hilarious. was great. And the left, of course, they do this every day, right? But we do it on our side, and they have lost sure. their minds because, of course, it's targeting their new darling, their new socialist darling. Yeah. yeah. And, and I can't honestly even, think George Soros is probably behind her well, and helping know her. Well, I mean, George she was Soros picked. is behind the gal. And, and she was picked. Yeah. Well, when she was when she was campaigning this past weekend with um, Bernie Sanders, we're going to turn this state uh, uh, red. red. Yeah, we're going to turn it red. She doesn't even know. Did you not hear and that? Then she, no. Then she put oh, out a tweet that said, don't blame me if I don't know the correct colors for geopolitical politics. Oh, I'm like, this woman thinks she wants to run for Congress. Yeah. Ah. And she'll probably get elected. Well, she is. She's in a totally blue district mm-hmm. hugely blue district that's why i said just let yeah, her bluer than blue just keep well, on keeping on the other one, there was a song one time i'm bluer than sad by the way you know the michelle wolf lady the comedian yeah i y'all probably haven't seen it i was gonna i think it's on netflix and i didn't have time i saw a clip last saturday or sunday morning on one of the shows i, I think it was fox but this is incredible and i, I mean if i was gonna video it if i was on netflix and show it to y'all uh, where uh, she does like a she mocks ice ice yeah. immigration mm-hmm. customer enforcement and she's got them they're all in black with the, like the oh, SWAT she, team look oh, like she's ISIS. calling them she's actually calling them ISIS oh and she's singing a song and it I mean the whole segment I saw was of course her in front you know doing her rap or song or whatever and they're all back there just, you know like the the police state type thing and right. she's saying ISIS. As in the terrorist group, sure. It like and see that's free all speech okay. Gonna, like that's okay. They can have free speech and they can give sure. their opinions. But see, we do but that. We're not the other thing, you don't oh, get to yeah. do that. But you know, how disgusting! Like that's put hate speech. that on the front page of the paper. Put that like that is just that is sick, 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 yeah. sick. Okay, so with that, now let me because I, I had to bring up that the economy of peace. It's just so absolutely. 60-ish ridiculous <laughs> something that you said because you got the bad acid at the party but anyway <laughs> you got yeah i just she probably uh, got from gwyneth paltrow you remember that yeah. uncon- un- or conscious uncoupling yeah <laughs> anyway with that all said let's pick back up from the view which, by the way, I hope Democrats do run a Democratic Socialist. Do you hope is that best. we win? Do you win uh, the Democrats? No, because I think you'll Trump? lose spectacularly, and then I will look forward to election night when I finally get to tell everybody I told you so if you end up running a radical. Problem with socialism, in the words of Margaret Thatcher, at a certain point you run out of spending other people's money. Venezuela, one oh. of the richest countries in the world in the 70s. Now, the average Venezuelan has lost 24 pounds because they're starving to death. 90% of I the think country is like Scandinavia. I think she's talking more about Scandinavia than Venezuela. I, but... 
I'm sorry. I need this Notice is what I need Joy from her. Behar can't Name one keep country that socialism has ever worked, and also every Sweet. every democratic socialist Copenhagen. who is going um, on TV Denmark. saying that it's good needs Norway. to start paying ninety percent in taxes on your tax form. No, on your tax form. On your tax form, I think you should start paying the amount of taxes that every socialist in this country thinks you need to. Because if you think the government is so good at okay. spending money, look at the VA. Oh, no, no what about it is dangerous. I'm it's just dangerous. Told you several countries that do it. But besides, hold on, on a minute. Hold on, everybody. Everybody. God bless you all. I hate that. Everybody stop no, she means over that. In no way can be related in any way comparably to the United States of America. I'm okay. sorry. Right, if you right, think right. it's good, then you need to be paying the amount of taxes. Let her get her thing in. So, you're saying you run out of people's money. Tax Margaret people. Thatcher. Other people's money. Margaret Thatcher. I okay. didn't say that. She's they have just given this enormous tax break to the very, very wealthy in this country. Mm-hmm. That, that tax break doesn't have to be so generous to those really rich people, does it? Because if you don't give that money to them, what happens to that money? Better schools. I better think, post office. I'm sorry. Better office pickup. is a Listen, great run business. The VA, I'm sorry, comparing the United States of America to a small country in Europe Can is I delusional. And I'm sorry, some of us do not want socialism to be normalized okay. in this country. That's right. Right. We we will be right. All right, so there you go. Oh you got it. Of course, Joe ba- Joy Behar didn't want to sit and even address the questions that was being made by uh, McCain. Oh, she called her out. Yeah, it's about that's the Dagum key. Tom. And if you talk to average people, they don't ever have a clue what socialism even means. Mm-hmm. Once you call them out and back them in a corner, I mean, once you really push them in the corner, they just get mad and they they just get mad. Then they just start calling stomp you names. off and never talk to you again. <laughs> or yeah, uh, yeah or they the start calling names up, or tell you interrupt, mom's and they on start crack you names. or something. I mean, they just they can't. I All right, so Jim joins us. Hey, Jim, how are you? And how are things in Benton today? Is it hot there as it is here? No, it's pretty warm, but I'm riding in air conditioning. But, boy, I got a pile of Elizabeth McCain. Really? <laughs> what, what about? What What about well, McCain? I mean, I'm like, man, what, what can I say after that? You uh, know? She did good, didn't but, she? Yeah, but I got to offer you a suggestion of what I really enjoy hearing on your show. I would really enjoy you getting Joyce Elliott and Princella and let them go at it on your show. <laughs> and, and another suggestion, uh, that 80-plus-year-old lady that's on the city council in Little Rock that all she can say is I'm an elected fi- an official, <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, get her bad. on your show, too. Okay, I yeah. The only problem we get about getting Princella, she doesn't live here in Little Rock anymore. She lives in Nashville, if I'm not mistaken. So that would be a little difficult. I'll get Joyce Elliott, and she and I can argue really well. We are well. trying to get Diamond and Silk, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. we're, we're working yeah. on some yeah. stuff. Yeah, Diamond and Silk and Joyce Elliott and <laughs> Princella. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, good, yeah. All right, Jim. Yeah. Thanks for your call, bro. Right, <laughs> yeah, that would be an I would just leave the studio. I ha- I wouldn't even have to be here if I had that group all in here. I actually was just wondering how long it would take to clean up 
in here. Oh, yeah. not just anybody throw stuff? Oh, yeah. 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 Did yeah. You little hear blood back spatter on the wall. Did you hear back? Uh, trying to work out timing. Oh, I've you did sent hear a back. couple of emails. I've gotten a couple of emails <gasps> back again. And so they're they like, are interested? You know, when and how. And I said, okay, we're these times. And, you know, let's pick a time. It needs to be a couple Ivanka weeks out because we're booked in, uh, already Illinois now for Thursday. Today. Oh, my god. So gosh. we'll see. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. So we'll they have see. responded, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You see that? Ivanka is there with the president today in Granite City, Illinois. Yeah. I like that outfit she's wearing. What are they that doing in Granite cute. City? Uh, they're talking about trade, which we're going to talk about right. in just a few moments because it's a huge deal what happened with the EU yesterday. I mean. And I, I want to start a couple of weeks ago <laughs> that led up to what happened yesterday. Sure. We'll talk about are that. Are you talking about NATO? I'm talking about NATO. I'm talking about the president having the the gonads to look them directly in the eye and right. say, "Why, why are you buying your, you know, liquefied natural gas? Why are you buying your natural gas from your sworn enemy and then expecting us to protect your butt?" How dare exactly. you treat those people that way and challenge them? Yeah, yeah. Trump yeah. set a bunch of fires in just a very very short period of time. He and I love it. it. <laughs> and he, and now I hope everybody understands there was a reason, of course, why yes. he did what yes. he did. Always yes, a reason. Yes. So we're going to talk about it when we come back here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about our folks at Applied Research. Uh, they've come back to be with us because they want me to tell you about some of the clinical trials they got going on, and they need people to come sign up for them. Uh, they have an acne uh, an acne moderate. Uh, to severe study going on. This is a clinical research study being conducted for those suffering from moderate to severe facial, facial only uh, acne. Participants have to be ages nine and older and have 20 to 50 inflammatory facial lesions to be considered. Also, they have a testosterone study uh, guys, if you're of the age of 45 to uh, 80, uh, and you're um, and, and you're a male, uh, you can get into this uh, low testosterone uh, study. Uh, you're at if you're at risk uh, for a cardiovascular disease or event, you may be eligible to participate in a clinical trial studying the effects of a investigative testosterone replacement drug here's all you have to do to see if you uh, can get into one of these studies uh call their number 501-954-7822 that's 501-954-7822 or go to their website uh arc arkansas that's one word arc arkansas.com you get to their website you do the drop-down side, and you'll see all of these different uh, studies. Uh, each one has a drop-down, so you can see exactly uh, what uh, you have to, to have uh, in to be eligible for this study. Again, that's ARCArkansas.com or 501-954-7822. There is some compensation involved as well that's for applied research all right back with you you know this is the only problem having women in my studio <laughs> he's over here looking at us 
and pointing at me. What? What's wrong? You all, you've been misspelling my name. I have. Yeah. You didn't get it right. Yeah. You balled yeah, up that right. name she again. Was, she called you out, which I already knew it. I was just being nice and didn't say nothing. I noticed. Can't win. Sometimes you spell it Shelly's right. name is with don't. a Y, not an I. Yeah. And you know, for weeks I've been typing it out with an I because mm. that's what you did. Yeah. But it's not that way. Actually, for a few weeks it went back to a Y. I was like, okay, okay, I don't have to say nothing. Well, I got it straight finally. And then well, it went back be to glad that I. Right, didn't, didn't mispronounce your name completely like I do usually for most of my guests. Right, right. Yeah, or just make one up. Or make one up. Yeah, this is strange. So, what do you hey, got to say about that, James? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's the worst about that. butchering names. Yeah. Yeah. Really I'm bad. the Harry Carey of talk shows when it comes to names. Oh I just screw them up. <laughs> Even when they're right. written down in front of him on paper. A lot of times I do, I laugh. I'm, I, that's, all, that's the best I can do. Let me tell you about Sunny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice uh, for recycled uh, auto parts. I mean, why go buy a brand new, let's say, rear wiper blade at a parts store where you're going to pl- uh, pay the maximum price they can get from you where you can go over and and use a uh, a used one from a car just like yours that they've removed it still works fine and get it from Sonny's uh, auto salvage for uh, just about 50% off normally and and on top of it every part's guaranteed and comes with a, a standard warranty you get a 1 2 3 year warranty on every piece that you buy there at Sonny's and to add one more piece of information for you he has his own technicians there if you don't know where say you're going to get that engine put in someplace or the transmission or the front alignment done and all of that you can get it all right done there at sunny's he's got the people to handle it for you all you got to do is call them 982-7451-982-7451 all right so shelly with a y uh is here (laughs) on the show today (laughs) Along with Elizabeth. With and, a Z uh, in the middle, because I've been misspelling your name a few times. <laughs> I just I just call her Liz. No, Elizabeth, that's what I her name is. I used to go is. by Liz years ago. So the bottom line is, also in the studio, uh, Ryan Norris is here from uh, Americans for Prosperity. He was going to join us in the final hour, but I'm going to bring him on into the show uh, here at the last hour because when we come back after the news, which is coming up here in just about a little over a minute, we're going to talk about trade. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ryan can talk about trade with us yes. uh, as well. And we'll talk about uh, – let me just take you back two weeks ago. This is the setup for when we come back. You'll remember that the president went and saw NATO, and he challenged NATO about using uh, buying their uh, natural gas in fact uh you know you call it lng liquefied natural gas Mm -hmm. from the russians and that's your number one enemy and you're buying uh natural gas from them Mm -hmm. and here we are in america we're the saudi arabia of natural gas and you're not buying from us but you're asking us to put our young men and women on the front tip of the spear in case the russians get a little frisky and think they can do something uh, against you and uh, so he talked about that and then he talked about uh, soybeans as well and talked about that with them 
There was a reason he did it. We'll show you the results when we come back. All right, back with you and uh, being joined by Ryan Norris as well. He's from Americans uh, for Prosperity, so he can talk trade as as well with us. I, I gave you the background about how the president, and remember people in the media, you can't talk to our allies <laughs> like that. You can't do oh, things no. like that. So yesterday, the president and the head of the uh, European Union uh, show up. Uh, he, he's the guy who runs the trade part of it. Uh, shows up. They have a uh, about a two, two-and-a-half-hour meeting, and then they walk out, and the president then announces, well, let me let him tell you, okay? We'll let him tell you. Uh, they they just decided to do something about uh, their, uh, about uh, soybeans and some other things. First of all, he told us how big of a day it was. Cut number one there. I just want to conclude by saying this was a very big day for free and fair trade. Very big day indeed. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. All right, so Thank it's you. important. We can, we'll start with the end today. Uh, that today was a very big day for free and fair trade. So why was it that way? Well, because the tariffs that the president has has instituted, has gotten a lot of people's got their panties in a wad, and they're not happy with a lot of it. And so let's just understand some of the things that happen. We can start, let's start, kind of go backwards, okay, Zach? So play cut number four first. So we had a big day, very big. We met right here at the White House to launch a new phase in the relationship between the United States and the European Union, a phase of close friendship, of strong trade relations in which both of us will win, of working better together for global security and prosperity, and of fighting jointly against terrorism. The United States and the European Union together count for more than 830 million citizens and more than 50 percent of the global GDP, in other words, together we're more than 50% of trade. If we team up, we can make our planet a better, more secure, and more prosperous place. Already today, the United States and the European Union have a $1 trillion bilateral trade relationship, the largest economic relationship anywhere in the world. We want to further strengthen this trade relationship to the benefit of all American and European citizens. All right. Mm -hmm. So we got a big deal. Remember, everybody said that uh, the EU and America had soured on on each other. Fake news. Yeah, didn't sound like they were very sour to (laughs) me. That's what they wanted us to think, you see. That's what they want you to think. Yeah. So they they thought they did that. So uh, the EU is going to to buy up a bunch of soybeans. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about how, why that's important. There's two reasons. One, uh, one of our biggest buyer of American soybeans is China. Right. So they cut back on how many soybeans they were going to buy to cause as much pain as they possibly could to the American farming community. If you remember just two days ago, 
There was all kinds of uh, people flipping out because the president has suggested $12 billion to kind of bolster the farming community. However, I believe that he this was already in the bag, I think. And he made that statement. Yeah. And knowing that they wouldn't, we weren't going to have to spend that money anyway, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be it wouldn't be necessary. If Kudlo had said that it would be maybe a couple of billion dollars here or there, just because uh, you know some places were hurt more than others were, and uh, so the president is standing there saying, "Well, that, they're not going to have to do that, okay?" Because the European Union now. Has stepped in, and they're going to make up the difference from what China, what China yeah. did. Now mm-hmm. that's important, okay, to the farmer. I'll tell you what else is important here. You just took the, what the Chinese said was their biggest chip yes. that they put down off the table, and you stole it. <laughs> you took it from them. Yeah. That, that if that's what they're going to try to negotiate with. It ain't going to get you far. That's pretty not even smart. Huh? Well, yeah. Trump's good pretty at backing smart, people huh? and countries in the corners, and he backed the EU, and they just threw China right under the bus. Yep. And I but, love but this it. is the president that you know doesn't know what the heck he's doing, right. and we've got to make you sure know, he that he's not lying behind China, his back, and he's acting time. like an idiot, and, and he's I just flying off the, the handle. Your European and, nations, as just as much as every other nation knows, that China is not your friend as far as trade goes they devalue their own currency at times mm-hmm. uh they say they're going to do something then they don't do it uh if you go over and and bring a business i don't know if people know about this they come in you bring a business there they take and they will only allow you to do business in their country if they get to attach a business to your business <coughs> now what that means is that all of the things that your schematics and everything that you use to make a product, right? The other business gets all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now the Chinese business, which is being fronted money by the Chinese government, can make your product and outsell you, sell it cheaper than you can make and sell it. Mm-hmm. So they put you out of business. Right. That's part of the deal. And we went party. for it year yeah. after year. A lot of people, year a lot of people did because they went for the early Democrat money. Democrat or Republican well, I mean, presidents has, yeah, all the way They've down been the allowed to run absolute wild, mm-hmm. no holds barred. I mean, no rules. And I know it was back um, during the Bush administration, it was over syrup. Um, syrup's a big deal in America. They There's a lot of people who, who make syrup and a lot of well, America is one of the number one consumers of syrup, and uh, it was during the Bush administration. Finally, there was a lawsuit filed. Basically, all the the syrup people were being put out of business in America because China was diluting their syrup and adding additives and whatnot, and they were able to sell it cheaper. So finally, they said, "No more. We're not taking your syrup anymore." Because they actually have like tests. The Arkansas government, mm-hmm. I mean, the American government, do where they test syrup and they take. But China would always find a way to circumvent that testing to where they weren't getting caught uh, because they would add something different, which would make the test no longer work. Then when they caught on and finally said no more, all they did was turn around and send all their syrup to Malaysia. (laughs) Malaysia bottled it under the Malaysian name. And guess what? 
it all got sent to America. And if we know that now, I they always cheat. Th- why did we not know it then? Right. You know, we weren't looking because right? we didn't it's care. It's trans shipping, trans um, trade, trans what? I, there's a couple different, yeah couple different terms for it but that's what china cheats china cheats 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 all the time cheater, but they're cheater, our cheater, friend cheater. but they're our friend yeah. oh we, you know they're don't, our friend nobody's really even, our friend don't really even say if that. you think about it no well, well since we don't have a liberal israel concern, you know it's oh, i thought i'd try to play a little devil's advocate there yeah. all right so with that end uh, talking about that uh, the president talked about what was agreed with uh the eu here's what they agreed to Yeah, cut number two. This is why we agreed today, first of all, to work together towards zero tariffs, zero non-tariff barriers, and zero subsidies on non-auto industrial goods. Thank you. Mm -hmm. We will also work to reduce barriers and increase trade in services, chemicals, pharmaceuticals, medical products, as well as soybeans. Soybeans is a big deal. And the European Union is going to start almost immediately to buy a lot of soybeans. They're a tremendous market. Buy a lot of soybeans from our farmers in the Midwest, primarily. So I thank you for that, John Claude. This will open markets for farmers and workers, increase investment, and lead to greater prosperity in both the United States and the European Union. It will also make trade fairer and more reciprocal. My favorite word, reciprocal. <laughs> Secondly, we agreed to a strengthen and strengthening of our strategic cooperation with respect to energy. The European Union wants to import more liquefied natural gas, LNG, from the United States, and they're going to be a very, very big buyer. We're going to make it much easier for them, but they're going to be a massive buyer of LNG. So they'll be able to diversify their energy supply, which they want very much to do. And we have plenty of it. Thirdly, we agreed today to launch a close dialogue on standards in order to ease trade, reduce bureaucratic obstacles and slash costs dramatically. Fourthly, we agreed to join forces to protect American and European companies from better and really better than ever we've we've never done like we're doing. I can say from the standpoint of the United States, we've never done this well, but we're going to do a lot better after we do this deal and other deals that we're currently working on. All right. So you heard the four things that they had uh, committed to. Boy, I I heard some statements in there that go take us back a couple of weeks to nato <laughs> like uh liquefied natu- natural natural hmm, gas right? and how we're going to be selling a whole lot more uh to them and we're going to make it a whole lot easier for them to get it that means that uh you know the uh putin might want to think about buying a few more or a few less tanks because he's going <laughs> to yeah. have less money to buy tanks with yeah. and then lastly and one of the big issues that have been on here uh, between the countries is the steel and aluminum t- tariffs and here's what the president had to say about that that's cut number three we will therefore work closely together with like-minded partners to reform the wto 
and to address unfair trading practices, including intellectual property theft, forced technology transfer, industrial subsidies, distortions created by state-owned enterprises, and overcapacity. We decided to set up immediately an executive working group of very intelligent people on both sides. They'll be our closest advisors, and they're going to carry out this joint agenda. In addition, it will identify short-term measures to facilitate commercial exchanges and assess existing tariff measures and what we can do about that to the betterment of both. While we are working on this, we will not go against the spirit of this agreement unless either party terminates the negotiation. So we're starting the negotiation right now, but we know very much where it's going. We also will resolve the steel and aluminum tariff issues, and we will resolve retaliatory tariffs. We have some tariffs that are retaliatory and that will get resolved as part of what we're doing. And with that, Jean-Claude, please. There you go. Pretty good exchange there. I like a lot that I've that I've heard that was talked about there. And a lot of the things that they're lowering the guns of the battleships with are directed right at China. China, mm-hmm. China, China, China. Love it. Which means the European Union finally figured it out that we're not their enemy mm-hmm. and they, they've treated they've treated us for the last about 20 years uh been treating us wrongly to be honest with you and now that looks like it's it's starting to be resolved like i said with uh, jr davis we were talking about this this is not just a couple of years post world war ii folks right these guys should be wearing their big boy pants now and mm-hmm. pulling up their big, you know, big boy underwear and and carrying on big boy conversations. We don't have to carry Europe mm-hmm. anymore. They're big enough to carry themselves. Right. And so the great things that we we hear in this is uh, we really are pro bringing down those tariffs to zeros. Yep. We're yep. for free trade at mm-hmm. Americans for Prosperity, and so that is brilliant that they are heading that direction now this is not new to the eu the eu amongst its member states does not have tariffs amongst their member states Mm -hmm. and so it's really interesting that since they don't have that with as much trading as we do we there's a 92 billion dollar trade deficit you know that between the u.s and the eu that you know why aren't we a part of that action you know why can't the the uh american consumer and the american worker also have equal access in a free free and fair trade negotiations here. So we're excited about that. I'd also like the uh, that they're working on decreasing regulations because on top of the issues of trade are not just the tariffs, but the regulatory environment of the European Union. Yeah. And so that needs to be adjusted because there may be high quality products because they have a lot of protectionist uh, regulations in place. Mm-hmm. They're not tariffs. They're like if you don't if you don't dis- build this in this location, yeah. then it doesn't count as being you know um, you know Dijon mustard or you know very alpine cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Very highly regulatory, like choking them with restraints. Right, and yeah. so so there are times that 
we have just as good a product that the consumer in Europe may be interested in, but because of the regulations, they won't allow it in. And there's also, you know, South Korea is also very, um, you know, cautious about what they send over uh, of American products and goods, what they'll trade with and for. So free and fair markets, uh, trade with zero tariffs, with good regulatory environments that, that aren't getting in the way of the consumer are just better for for me. It's better for you. It's better for the workers. Everybody. And uh, everybody gets more everybody. more it's of a fair. taste of the planet. It's just fair. I mean, what's that? That's not too much to ask. And just so fair. If those tariffs go away, then you get to buy the products for cheaper prices. Yes. And if there's no tariffs, then it's between, let's say it's it's going to be between uh, log cabin and Miss Buttersworth. <laughs> All right, about who on syrup? Who sir- sells yeah. more syrup? Miss Buttersworth. Yeah. You know? is, now, do you say syrup? Or do you say syrup? Syrup. Yeah, please. Syrup. 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 Okay. <laughs> There's a couple of different ways of saying. How that. do you say it? I say syrup. 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 Yeah, so that's Midwestern way. You say syrup. No syrup. Oh. <laughs> you get you get on the East Coast. It's, yeah. It suddenly syrup. becomes syrup. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was crazy when Just I went Just a way up. of bringing attention to the word. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Anyway. I'm a southern girl. Yeah, I heard. What, oh, I know. You I know, know we're talking about accents. syrup, you know, <laughs> bottom line. Syrup. So, you know, keep that in mind. Syrup. It's just like oil. It's oil. It's not earl. Oil. oil. There's oil. nothing. Oil. Yeah. Yeah. All. There's nothing. There's no such word as all or earl. You know, there's oil. Depends on who you ask. Oil. I still like fire or far. Yeah, far. 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 I was a far. Yeah. There's a far. far, there's a far out there. <laughs> Where I'm living in Mountain View. How, how far is that? Going. Far. Bunch of pyromaniacs, too. a far too. piece over there. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Multi. See how easy it is to get off topic. It, it is. Um, <laughs> it is off on topic. <laughs> I'm just it's, saying. it's multifaceted when you come on the Daybells, yeah, and we're all kind of like carrying on our own conversation with ourselves. And you're in here with the women's power panel, so you you yeah. just you know yeah, have you to really show a lot of courage. Yeah, yeah. You, you have. You've 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 <laughs> dove into, into the the, uh, the swimming pool. You stepped in it. The estrogen pool. Estrogen. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Kind of a scary situation. All right, we got to get our final. Uh, we got one more break, don't we? I got to yes, get sir. a break in. Lots of big changes been going on at Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics on 12th Street, making it a state of the art facility. Lots and lots of work going on. New gate room, new uh, large waiting room, brand new room for mastectomy patients so uh, they can be fitted uh, in comfort and privacy. It's all because Horton's prides itself on their patient relationships. Remember, they have six locations with the new updated facility on 12th Street, Little Rock, North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy. Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics providing a lifetime of support. We're going to get a break in, come back, finish up this hour, get ready for the 4 o'clock hour because we're going to talk taxes and spending, talking about state government here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, great show today. Lot this lot more policy <laughs> than we've talked about in a while. Some people, and when I start doing shows like this a lot, they start saying, "When are you? Have you gone back to your policy walk kind of thing?" Well, yeah, kind of because the the, the stuff we're going to talk from last hour and this hour are important policy wonkish stuff that you should be talking <laughs> about. 
be honest, this is the kind of stuff when I was a teenager, my father talked to us about at the dinner yes. table. And as we would, because it affects your te- your check that you make it at work. I know some of you millennials are out there going, well, how does that work? Because they never taught you this stuff. When I was <laughs> in high school, you had to take a year of econ and you had to take a year of government. Mm-hmm. You were expected to know what was in the Constitution. You were expected to be able to explain what was in the Fourth Amendment and why it was important and how did it get there and things of that nature. I know that they don't spend that much time on that right now. That's why you're losing your freedoms all the time now in this nation. All right, so with that said, we're going to talk about taxes uh, coming up in the next hour. You know that they got the special task tax force and they're meeting, and they're supposed to have a report for us here in around September. Mm-hmm. And I brought in, uh, of course, Ryan Norris from Americans for Prosperity to talk about that. Uh, we're going to have a special guest from North Carolina. They've already gone through this revamping of taxes. But, look, you can't go in and attack taxes unless you're willing to go in and attack spending. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about all of that in the next hour. And I just wanted to say to, I want to show um, Elizabeth this. Elizabeth, I think I'm going to post this picture tomorrow. <laughs> Why are they always talking about the turtles and straw? Why are they always That's talking great. about That's them? That's great. I don't get it. Well, they I would be fine with you I, and I, I didn't know turtles nose. had a cocaine problem. All right, we'll talk more about it. Oh, and it's a gateway thing, remember? It's a gateway. (laughs) gateway We'll take a break. More coming your way on the Dave Elswick Show. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right, back with you. Four o'clock. Some of you getting off of work. Good for you. You made it through your Thursday. Tomorrow, (laughs) eight more hours. Let the party commence. It will be the weekend. (laughs) Gotta like that. What are you doing this weekend there, uh, lady? Shelly? What am I doing? With an L? Well, L Y and not an L L I. I'm thinking I may go to the pool. And I would have never uh, guessed you go to the pool. I, well, I started a new job yesterday. I know. I you look like you look like you're made out of ebony. <laughs> <laughs> I need a prop. But well, I, and the schedule got all messed up. I was supposed to work a day or two this weekend, and now I don't go back till Monday. Work. So I started yesterday, and now I have. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Four days off. Four, oh yeah, no, look, wait a second. Do me a favor. Before we get into to the serious stuff here, Brian, because I, I did bring you here to talk serious oh, stuff. Oh, we're, we're good. Yeah, slide it's over. Your show, Dave. Do me a favor. Just slide over and, and oh. sit next. There we go. Sit next to her. I want... Oh, this, that's now, just not look, fair. Can you, can you zero in? Can you, can you take the camera and bring it in on their, their arms together there? Uh, Forrest, go on. Zero in. Come on, you can do it more. It don't have to be a great shot or anything. There you go. That's good enough. Just bring that up. I mean, that's just not fair. Look at, this. Look at that. I'm a redhead. This is not fair. To be fair, he is a redhead. He's a ginger. He's a ginger. He would be as red as the red behind you. Do you have more Indian than Warren does? Who? Elizabeth oh, Elizabeth. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, I do, actually. Actually, Pocahontas. This yeah. is the real Pocahontas, okay? I have, what's your, I have registered what's your Indian American name? Indian. Uh, yeah. I don't know, but in Spanish in the eighth grade, we had to have Spanish nicknames I thought was beautiful. I picked Josefina. Josefina? <laughs> My mom said, Really? What? <laughs> She's not, really? Ugly, isn't that? Josefina, it's beautiful. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was spelled J-O-S-E-F-I. How many syllables is that? Like a thousand? <laughs> and the fashion was just, well, she called me, all, of course, with her, spe- the wholesome, uh, the wholesome, Josefina? However, she said, Josefina. And I just thought it was the best. Now I'm just like, that was the ugliest night ever. I gotta, I'm covering my face as I say it. All right. All right. Ryan is here. Ryan Norris. He is, of course, from Americans for uh, Prosperity. He is the state director here in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. We've also got Elizabeth here. You know Elizabeth, man. She is on like two or three times a week. We love having you here, Elizabeth. You're very kind to invite. She's like one of the the really She's super awesome. smart women in the conservative movement here in the state. Now you're going to get me all smart. embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> I just know how to look stuff up. Okay, okay well. You know, look up the internet. Google is your best friend. That's more than what most people do. They have ideas and opinions and base it upon nothing right well that's True. my thing is I mean, please seriously. look stuff up people make sure you're not spreading fake news like all those other folks right yeah. right we're big about that all right with all of this in mind the reason i asked ryan on today is uh, because the uh, task force for taxes here in the state are going to be uh meeting and giving task us their uh ideas for rearranging the tax system in our state right yeah and it's it's time and uh they've been taking what i guess coming up on a year over a year yeah over a year like most task forces it takes them a long time to study something that they they have to reinvent the wheel Mm -hmm. yeah all right i mean there's there's simple ways of going about this there's been uh, proposals about what arkansas should do to lower its tax burden on its citizens uh, we have the highest top marginal rate in in the region at 6.9%, so we want to drive that down. Uh, the governor's committed to, to driving that down. I think the task force is committed to driving it down. We're just trying to iron out at the end, I guess, what the percentage is going to be. Okay. And uh, so I know they've got two options that they're kind of looking at, kind of an option A and an option B. Um Reducing the number of brackets that we have mm-hmm. is one. Uh, going from six point nine down to six point zero on the top marginal rate, um, is, and that's over seventy five thousand dollars, right? That my understanding is that uh, each tenth of a point equals about twenty million dollars. Okay, so two hundred million if you used it all mm-hmm. on six point nine down. So that's one hundred eighty million. Okay, but what I'm what yeah. I'm saying is that the that top rate. Oh, oh, that's, 65, you, you start, $75,000. Yeah, it's about $75,000 yes. a year you yes. got to make before you see that. They've already dealt with the lowest. Yes. And they've dealt in the middle. Mm-hmm. They just haven't dealt at the top. At the top. Did and you now, see that they're making noises now about backing back into the middle class mm-hmm. and perhaps adjusting some more? Well, that, that was a big a, surprise to be me. kind of nice. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, it, it could be. We've had, you know, maybe some of the dynamics of this have changed since we had some revenue uh, in revenue collections that have been above what we thought we were going to get and yeah. so it should be you know that's what you should do when you get a a surplus in revenue you need to roll that into um back into the to the taxpayer you know give them some relief on that um but yeah it's at seventy five thousand now something to remember is it's not just on income tax on the individual per se but you have all these pass-through uh or 
companies or or businesses that are S corps or LLCs, family owned small businesses that do the bulk of the lifting and you know many times in our economy, local economies particularly, and they're going to they're part of that seventy five k. So that's a, a positive thing. It's a a helping individuals and helping businesses. Yeah, well, when you help business, you're helping your own pocketbook. Right. I mean, that's what everybody needs to understand. A, 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 a business will absorb some of that, mm-hmm. but not all of that. Right. So whatever that, all of that that they wouldn't absorb, you'll be able to keep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and Because and you won't have to pay it at the cash register. Right. And then that means that you can roll that off into something else of value. You know, um, when we had our federal tax reform in December, more money showed up in our paychecks and the companies didn't have to give us, you know, bonuses or anything on that. Uh, There are those companies that did 400 plus uh, large companies did that. But it allows you to have more economic freedom because they're you get to keep what you've earned and apply that to shoes towards you know ballet lessons for your little girl towards you know whatever it may be that you deem it to be necessary to spend for your family put it into savings put it into investment and that's what uh, americans for prosperity that's one of our major goals is just more economic freedom and taxes are very key to the economic freedom yeah um government is a necessity taxes are a necessity to take care of things but how uh, much of both is, yes. a, is not up for anywhere the, near? There like, you get into the, the devil in the details. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. You, you start know. talking about how much taxes, how much spending, right. and, and all the rest. And the priorities on spending is a big deal. Well, and we want to get into that as well mm-hmm. because, you know, there's two ways of saving money. One is, you know, cutting, uh, cutting down some taxes and mm-hmm. letting the people have their own money. Or you can raise taxes and get more money from the people. Now you can spend, continue to spend as much as you have been spending, and you're not giving the citizenry uh, the, the the tax back that they should get. Mm-hmm. Or you can cut spending, mm-hmm. make government more efficient, smaller, and say and give people that money back. And they get more in their paycheck. Right. Um, we. Um, I hope I said that yeah, right. You did. You did. Okay. You got it. You nailed it. Uh, like in Colorado, they have the Taxpayer Bill of Rights that they passed that formula. I like that a lot. And it's really. Uh, what is that? Really been helpful. So in in that the Taxpayer Bill of Rights. We're glad formula, that you would ask that. Very glad you asked that. <laughs> uh, no, it I is the formula to where you take a zero a, a budget. Mm-hmm. Um, you say from from now on out, uh, this budget can only increase by the percentage of inflation and the percentage of population increase. So population increases by 2%, uh, inflation increases by 2%. Your next budget can only be 104% of your previous year's budget. Okay. Any excesses over that uh, have, to, have to have some kind of um, – pre-designation for it some put it into rainy day funds to help um the during economic downturns some put them into funds to help improve their bond ratings um and then also there are times and colorado has done this in the past they actually did a refund 
back to the taxpayers right i mean it's their money and i you know with arkansas and i learned this back when i was getting my political science degree at ualr in little rock and um with all those liberal that was fun (laughs) oh my god i was the only conservative just about and it was all liberal professors and they did not like me but um anyways i have never forgotten it and i believe it was dr ledbetter you know who hit me he's a pretty big deal Mm -hmm. i think in arkansas and his family but uh He's never let uh, Arkansas governor ever take credit for balancing <laughs> the budget in Arkansas. It is constitutionally a balanced budget right. state, which means either way, where like it's just got to be balanced. You can't go in the red and you can't go right. in the black either. Like it's balanced budget, so anything over that should be going back to the taxpayers. Instead, they did this gift thing, which thank God they mm-hmm. they ca- called it un- unconstitutional. Um, and and then they just transfer it to a rainy day fund. Like mm-hmm. th- we don't need these rainy day. F- like we don't need all this government. It's, right. it's it's absurd. It's choking. And this balanced budget only means that all they have to do is hike up the taxes right. to match the spending that well, they no, want to do. That's well, all it means. They are, what it is the hundred percent. Like you got a hundred percent spending, and every percentage the constitution allows for this percent to spend in this area or this percent. Mm-hmm. So whether it's a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars, it's still the same percentage. And so when you had this huge surplus that we got in Arkansas, why Asa Hutchinson, especially as a Republican, supposedly a conservative, doesn't turn around and cut the Arkansas taxpayers' checks, every single one of them, and give us that surplus back? Instead, they did put it in the gift, the general mm-hmm. improvement fund. I mean, come on, how random is that? And so the old Rainy Day Fund is a gift fund. I'm sorry. I just that's get why, so upset. Over- that's why setting a spending formula yeah. is uh, I think very necessary because with yeah. the Revenue Stabilization Act of 1945, I should – I'd like to always put that in there. It's been a long time since we've really addressed the spending issues of Arkansas. You know, you set your priorities A, B, B1, C, C1, uh, and then wherever you run out of money, you draw the line. But we're also finding that – we could maybe even go down a little further on some of these issues that are in the B's and the C levels uh, because there's money coming over here that's really questionable about yeah. you know, should we be spending that money over that direction, yeah. such as general improvement yeah. funds. And I, 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 I 100% question is the rainy day fund yeah. constitutional. I say 100% mm-hmm. it's not, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that y'all would be in this. I mean – Everybody would literally fall dead of a heart attack if they were to get a check back, my yeah. God, of their own money, you know. Right, right. And, um, and yet, we have all these surpluses, and yet we can't get armed guards in our schools. That's too expensive. We can't, uh, you know, we've got all these people on, on Medicare and food stamps or me- Medicaid, and mm-hmm. we can't, you know, uh, I mean, we can't get our right. I mean, 67, 167, I don't <laughs> think it's meant to finish it. Ever because I'm 44 and I don't remember a time they weren't working on it. You know what I'm saying? Like literally, I think they keep going on her. I mean, and all this extra money, give it to the taxpayer. You know, either that or get an armed guard in my kids' school. Okay, every kid's school in Arkansas. Period. And protect these babies. That's a whole other subject. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get off on that. But I'm just saying, don't tell me there's not money to do the the things that are necessary to preserve and protect. And no. when you do give the money back to the taxpayer, it doesn't just stay in the taxpayer's pocket. Again, they spend it on the things that are necessary for them. And it, again, improves economic freedom. It lets you have this say over what you need. Previously, you had you know X amount of do- dollars that came in do- from your paycheck. They decreased taxes. You now have mm-hmm. X plus a certain amount of money. And with that extra surplus, you can start spending that. And, again, 
that gets creates jobs that have income mm-hmm. taxes that that person's going to pay. Sales taxes are collected on that. You still received a value mm-hmm. uh, above and beyond what you normally had. Someone else has a job. So yeah. People are I don't see anything right, bad on that picture. Right. To give so, teachers so, a bonus. Yeah. You know, I mean, do it. I mean, if you're going to not give back to the tax, give our teachers a bonus. You know, give it. But yet, all these schools are in the red. I mean, in the black. I mean, in, I'm sorry, in the red. As far they're all, they've been broke ever since I was going to school. Okay, right. I, I mean that's just the way it's been, and and they just stay that way in dire straits. Yet there's a surplus, and that he brags about, and all this stuff. And yet we're this nothing makes it's just it's just to me it's just uh, one Go, plus one equals two type stuff. Yeah, you know? g- government math can sometimes get get a little <laughs> some fury, a little interesting. Yeah. But but you know it's the reason why it's important that we do talk about this and and get a handle on spending is that we are one of the highest per capita in spending definitely in our region um and one of the highest in taxing yes. in the region yes. which is absurd and so this puts us at a competitive uh, disadvantage for for jobs uh you wouldn't need you know things such as the quick action closing funds potentially if you, if we changed our tax environment to be you know pro people pro business and it would organically attract uh, businesses wanting to do, you know, wanting to come here and create their companies. Uh, you know, from 1991 to 2013, there was a 97 percent increase in spending on a per capita basis, and this is ab- above what most of the states had done. So we've just been spending a lot of money. We still have frustrations. Shelly just yeah. gave some of those about Anger. things seemingly still. <laughs> for all that spending, yeah. some things still don't seem to be getting accomplished. And there is a feeling among the people that I speak with, and I speak to a wide spectrum of people from across the political spectrum, and they all say pretty much the same things of taxes are high, spending is high, what are we getting in value for that? That's exactly what everybody must ask themselves. Right. What's the value that we're getting? If government is a necessity, taxes are a necessity, that there's things government can do better than I can do on my own, per se, then you know, are we getting the value out of that? All right. We can spend our money a whole lot better than government. I mean, we're way more efficient, you well, know? You know, this isn't particular to Arkansas, but there are uh, cities where now they have so many potholes and things that the Domino's pizza pl- people are filling in those yeah, potholes and so. put spray paint and a Domino's sign on right. it. And here you have a business that has no business pouring asphalt per se, no n- nothing about that, but they're using it as an opportunity and business is solving and improving something the city should have been doing. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes you also have to ask that when it comes to spending and cutting back government. Are there things that government is doing that community or business or education could do better a good example this is something that i mention a lot on the air when they build a highway is it necessary to put the decorative panels on the sides of the bridges that cost probably hundreds of thousands of additional dollars because they got pretty trees and they've got <laughs> the map of arkansas on pineapples them? yeah pineapples. pineapples i mean it's just I mean, I, right. I'm 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 of the generation that you know all your architecture at that time was utilitarian. Mm-hmm. They're it, trying to make it, it more pleasant, served. I guess, when you go through that mayhem. Well, and, yeah, that's, you know, it's like, being like on I want to be looking at the uprights of the overpass when I'm driving down the, the highway. scariest highway yeah. in the world. They want you to be. They want you. They want. They want to add a little art. Well, Aesthetics. I don't need art because nope. you're building. You're building the road to get from A to Z, mm-hmm. not to be. 
art educated. Right. <laughs> right. So I just <laughs> I make just it look never nice. It'll be more pleasing and the people won't be as upset. But that that is one you bring up another point though on state projects that one of the arguments against the taxpayer bill of rights formula is that inflation for government goods and services is is at a higher rate than your public sector. Well, part of that's because there are wasteful spending in government that there are in government, you what you will normally find, and that there's reports out there and studies done on this, whatever the job is that someone's doing in government, they're getting paid more per hour than someone in the private sector. Sure, they're always... Not only that, but their benefits are incredible. Oh, yeah. And, incredible. And it's because and, they're all... And we're all best all best, union. Yeah, everybody's yep. best yeah. their best to and pay for that. The, and again, pension plans. That's another chunk of Arkansas state, state spending. Mm-hmm. And um, so... There's all of these things that contribute. We need some kind of formula that's predictable, that's consistent, and that is in the favor of the people. Okay, so keep all of this in mind that we just talked about. I've got to get us into a break. We'll come back and we'll start getting everything ready for the second half hour, which is going to have a special guest. What is his name? Chris McCoy. All right, and he's from? Uh, North Carolina. Because they've gone through what we're getting ready to go through probably in this next session. They're working on full Tabor, but they are heading in the right direction. Their economy's booming. All right, so we're going to talk about that with him and how does a lot of the things that we've listened to Ryan talk about uh, pertain to Arkansas as they make their decisions. If you want a career that's going to allow you to work outside, going to allow you to get with a a company that's uh, growing quickly, uh, and let you reach your potential and where you want to be in your career, then uh, think no further than PI Roofing. PI Roofing Home Solutions is expanding their operations department to better serve their customers as they grow. You want to build your future with them. PI Roofing and Home Solution uh, Solutions have career opportunities in their commercial roofing and service division residential roofing and service division and home solutions division let's make a difference together as uh, you climb your ladder of success by joining with pi roofing's ladder of success that's apply at piroofing.com or 501-707-3551 all right when we come back chris mccoy will join us from north carolina and talk about what they've been doing to lower their tax rate and ignite their economy. That's all coming up right after the news, which happens now. Okay, back with you here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Just uh, this breaking news. Uh, Tom Arnold called Trump a racist knucklehead and slammed his supporters. <gasps> That's news, man. Oh, oh man. man. What I can't a huge handle that. story. I, can't, oh. I don't know. I'm going to freak I'm gonna out. Cry. I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. Oh, no. Who's right. Tom Arnold? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Who is Tom Arnold? I will tell you, Mr. Arnold is one of the liberals who has not been shadow banned or cut back or throttled Uh-oh. by Facebook or mm. Twitter, unlike people like uh, Matt Gates from Florida, uh, Jim Jordan, mm-hmm. other huh. conservatives. This has been a news story for the last couple of days. Yeah. But, but, you know, it's just a boo-boo in our algorithms. It's it's not really meant to just target conservatives. Yeah. Right. Oh, and speaking oh, of ahead. Tom Arnold, uh, Roseanne is going to be on Hannity tonight. Oh, that's oh. true. Last night. Now, the word is out that she's got a new show. 
that Fox is thinking oh, about wow. doing. So we'll see. Oh, if okay. She, yeah, maybe that's why she's on. I bet that's why she's on. Maybe why she's on. But I didn't know. I had anything. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know the backstory of it or what. So I was. I'm not right. So we've got a guest that has joined us by the name of Chris McCoy yes. out of North Carolina. Chris, you can probably, um, you know, imagine how crazy it is here in Little Rock right now for the last <laughs> year as politicians have been jockeying about and uh, trying to determine how we want to do our tax system uh, here in the state. Because to be honest, tax system in Arkansas was broken in itsy-bitsy pieces. I mean, it was really in bad shape. Uh, if you're at all familiar with Wynn Rockefeller, he was running for governor uh, several years back when he contracted a blood disease and he died and uh, kind of just opened the way for the the Democrats to hold down the governor's office. And a lot of the things that Wynn wanted to do, we'd be a long way mm-hmm. down the right path of changing things. Now, you folks have done this as well. Was it as contentious in in North Carolina? Was it contentious there? I won't ask you to 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 weigh one state against the other but how contentious was the battle about that uh you know um it was it it was a fight um i I will definitely say you know kind of going back with north carolina the history of it we had uh uh, the democrats basically controlled the state for 140 years we say since uh, reconstruction and um in 2010 we won the we won the uh, legislature back for the first time, and, and in 2012, we took the governor's mansion, lieutenant governor's mansion, and a supermajority in the legislature. Wow, you almost did so, the exact same thing we did. A couple of years ahead of us. Yeah. Just a couple. Yeah, I, and you know what? When, when we did that, um, there were some ambitious plans uh, in place, and uh, they put it to work, and there, and there was a lot of contention with that. Um, and I think there were multiple things that were going on. It was, you know, the loss of power of one party, and it wasn't just a little bit of a loss. It was a massive loss of power. So they were feeling it from that side. But also there was this new idea that was actually going to be able to be implemented. And the idea was lower taxes, controlling spending, uh, working within budgets, paying off debt uh, that we had incurred uh, coming into, you know, or post-recession. So all of that kind of combined was was rolling together, and it created an environment that, um, yeah, I, I'd say it was it was a little bit more than just contentious. It was uh, it was sporty at the least. <laughs> yeah, we're we're at that point where you're at right now because here's what has happened: we won back the House, and then we won back the Senate, and then we got super majorities in House and Senate. Plus, we won every constitutional office. Uh, governor, uh, lieutenant governor, AG, treasury, everything. Everybody, we swept it all. Yeah. And there was a whole group of people, of conservative people, Tea Party people, that wanted things to get done, but we suddenly found out that there were Republicans that really weren't as strongly conservative as we thought they would be. And that that has caused some real rifts. Did you guys have that kind of thing happen as well? We did. Um, maybe not, not not severe rifts. What we see like today, um, you see it a little bit more. I, I think at the time back in 2010 and 2012 for us, um, you were seeing a lot more of the Tea Party influence. 
Um, and North Carolina Tea Party was was a rising force at that point, so they had a little bit more um, uh, influence, if you will, than they do these days. But um, all that considered, you know, you do definitely get the the cuts between the legislators, where some of them are, are very conservative, and some of them are are you know moderates at best that align with the with the Republican Party. So in that, you know, every time we have a a discussion on spending. Um, anytime we have a discussion on, on taxes, uh, you know, we, we run into those battles with these gents and, and ladies that um, uh, make things a little bit more difficult down the line. Um, especially, I mean, like most recently, we, we were trying to pass a constitutional amendment to, to lower, uh, to lock in our tax rate at can't go higher than 7%, whereas right now it's, it's constitutionally maxed at 10%. Um, we actually started off at five and a half is where we'd like it at, and, and we just mm-hmm. couldn't get it through. We only had a three-vote margin, and, you know, at the end of the day, we had to capitulate a little bit to some of the more moderate members to make sure that we at least walked away with a 30% reduction on that cap. Okay, so I'm going to turn it over to uh, to Ryan. Uh, you know Ryan really well because you're the state director there in North Carolina for AFP, correct? Yes, sir. All right, so, you know, I'm hearing, you know what's funny is I'm hearing our story being repeated by you here on my show. I know a lot of people who are listening right now going, wow, that sounds like Arkansas. (laughs) I mean, it really does. So, Ryan, you pick it up. I mean, you know some of the things that have happened there and and lead us into the important issues. Well, there's some interesting things. Uh, Chris and I have talked uh, at length in several conversations about you know, taxpayer bill of rights, the the formula we just talked about in the previous segment, um, you know, po- the budget, previous budget plus inflation plus uh, population. And, uh, and North Carolina is kind of working towards that. But one of the key pieces that can help in in uh, making it to where you're working towards something, you know, don't you can't you don't necessarily have to do things overnight is the ta- is the uh, tax triggers in North Carolina has some of those uh, they're trying to stair step down. Uh, Chris, can you talk to us a little bit about how uh, triggers are employed over there in in the Carolinas or in North Carolina yeah, specifically? Um, yeah, absolutely. Part of uh, you know our, our corporate tax rate um, came down significantly from where it was in the past, and um, we're hovering somewhere in the ballpark right now. I think we're just under three percent, um, and it's set to to come down a little bit more as well. And there. That is dictated by economic triggers. So when we have certain revenue um, successes, we it automatically triggers a reduction in the corporate tax rate. Mm-hmm. So over the last several years, we've seen that that tax rate keep falling uh, because we've been consistently hitting those revenue triggers. Right. And at the same time, you know, we're able to lower our, our personal income tax rates. Um, you know, we, we talked about it in the past. It's, you know, in 2013, we were at seven and three quarters was our max rate today. Um, and it was just so accepted the multi rate model that they had. Uh, today, we're at a, a across the board five and a half percent. Wow. Um, and we've still been able to, to hit those revenue triggers while reducing those income taxes on the corporate and the personal side. Mm-hmm. So, so you're taking. I know politicians get really scared of hard lines drawn on what you can spend in a budget and what you can raise in tax revenues. But using these spending triggers, would you say uh, that, I mean, they're helpful to kind of mitigate that that risk and, you know, make it make it a little more uh, palatable uh, politically? Yeah. 
I absolutely think so. And I mean, you know, they, there was a lot of, I think, blood, sweat and tears going into it when they, when they first um, developed this particular plan and how they were going to work through it. Um, but, you know, now it kind of takes a lot of it, a lot of the pressure off legislators these days, um, you know, because every year we're seeing, the we're seeing the growth, we're seeing the revenue coming in, and we're still seeing the taxes uh, trickle down. So, you know, it, it definitely, I think from a, from a legislator standpoint, from my experience talking with these, uh, with these folks, um, it does alleviate a lot of pressure off of them because it's already set. These triggers are already there. Mm-hmm. Um, and really what we're doing is, you know, we set up a, the bones for the economy to work on its own right. for small businesses to be able to expand for, you know, individuals to have more money in their pockets so they can give back into the economy. And by doing that, the economy is expanding. Um, and we're seeing these revenue triggers, you know, coming down pretty much on their own because we've set the right conditions in the state. Right. Okay. Can, can I jump in here and just ask how are you guys maneuvering with the more moderate, Republicans. I mean, do you have, do you, ha- what's the split, would you say, over in the Senate and in the House to true conservatives versus pseudo conservatives? Ah, that's a good question. Um, in, in our Senate, I'd say our, our Senate's our, our most conservative body. Um, the vast majority of, of those Republican senators there, we have a supermajority in the Senate as well. Um, I'd say probably about eighty to ninety percent of of the wow. senators are. We can only are, wish. Conservative. <laughs> now our house is is where it's comprised of of a multitude, a Heinz fifty seven, if you will, um, mm-hmm. of of where they where they fall on the political spectrum within the Republican Party and, and the conservative side. So, um, I'd say it's it's pretty evenly split there. Um, and that's where you know typically that's where we get a lot of our our uh, moderation typically comes out of the house how how do you work with those that are for better terminology holding up progress uh to get where you want to go i mean how do you how do you pull them along with you what do you what do you kind of offer to them to get them to play the game with you so to speak well i think you know a lot of it with with how we approach it we we do the math and and math is you know, kind of hard to argue with in a lot of instances. They sure will. They argue with you left and right <laughs> over it. But, um, you know, I think as we approach these situations, we look at the opportunities and, and what the benefits are. And we really expect the benefits over top of the, um, the uh, risk, if you will. Um, usually we understand going into a discussion where most of these individuals lie, what their concerns are. Uh, we work to alleviate those concerns. And then at the end of the day, um, sometimes we just put the brute force of AFP um, behind an idea if we, if we have to really help motivate a couple individuals to, uh, to move the process along. Okay, so, you know, we were talking about this earlier about the president and how he goes in, and what was the terminology you used, Elizabeth, where you ask for the moon, and then you're happy with, you know, with the, half of that, but you don't tell the other side that's how you feel about it? I don't I don't have a shorthand phrase for it, but yeah. when you negotiate, if you put yourself so far out there that it's ridiculous, 
which is what Trump does and what the left does when you decide you're going to, quote unquote, give up something to compromise to get your negotiation off dead center. You end up in the center, which is where you want it to be in the first place. If you begin your negotiations in the middle Obviously, anything you give up, you're going to end up with less than what you really wanted. Okay, so, so I don't ask, have a shorthand phrase. So, for well, that. I understand what you're saying. So ask for the I, I, ask I'm for a, everything and say, back away. Ask like for the a moon. Car. I'm going to yeah, ask. The, ask for the moon. Like say they get so shocked <laughs> at what you're saying in the first place that it's like anything else other than that. It's like oh yeah 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 we'll go for that because yeah, so this other say, is so horrible. You can kind of look at them it. and say you say well what will you accept. And then yeah. you can really start like the negotiation. Staff, yeah. Do you, do you kind of do that kind of stuff with these folks? Uh, you know, so, sometimes what's, what's interesting is our uh, the Senate chamber is so conservative that um, usually they're they're pretty serious when they say they want to land on a on a particular uh, budget item or or as far as fiscally spending where they want to come in at. Um, you know, the House on the other side, that typically helps us out some. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing about North Carolina politics and, and the conservatives here, I'll, I'll say, is that typically what you see is what you get a lot of the times. Um, and it helps that our, our Senate's conservative in that regard, that they're able to hold the line a little bit harder. I think the House knows typically that they have to come back within bounds. So the Senate can at least make it you know, palatable to be able to digest what it is that they're offering them on their terms. So, um, you know, I think occasionally, to answer your question, occasionally we, we do see where we offer, you know, we shoot for the moon and it's okay if we land amongst the stars to kind of mm-hmm. uh, scenario. But by and large, we, you know, we, we formulate pretty good arguments. We back it up with a lot of good um data and statistics and and actual numbers and then we make our case pretty hard for it and uh what we found is we we get a coalition of legislators in both chambers um and that helps us push this through push our push our um our initiatives through pretty easy all right mm-hmm. I, i'm going to ask one final question and we're going to come back because i want to give a few minutes to uh the ladies that are here and to ryan uh, to ask you some follow-up questions, and and then we'll we'll let you get away from us. Uh, I guess uh, my only last question is: Have you already reserved your room uh, in Charlotte uh, in uh, twenty you know for twenty twenty? <laughs> you know what? We'll be there with bells on. I can tell you that. Um, you know, especially after it's been sporty in Charlotte, trying to uh, for them to get that uh, convention. So. Um, I'm looking forward to all the conservatives showing up, coming into that city, showing them that uh, it's going to be the direct opposite of what they've been saying. Well, I'll be ha- I'll be I'll be happy to tell you we'll be there. The Dave Ellswick show will be there. I've already been talking it up with people who financed us uh, to come there. The last time we'll be there this time as well. And. Uh, dinner on me one night all right oh yeah <laughs> sounds good to me all right you hold, you hold on just for one second and we'll be right back with you here on the dave ellswick show don't forget about aero plumbing the no lemon guarantee they guarantee that the equipment and or the fixtures they have provided and installed in your home will perform as they've stated if any equipment or fixture fails three times in the first year They'll replace the item at no charge to you. I mean, if something happens to the fixture, let's say it's a faucet and it starts to leak, if they can fix it and keep it from leaking, they're going to leave that fixture there. But if it does it a couple of times more, 
it's out of there and a brand new fixture goes in, no charge to you. That is their no lemon guarantee. To get their number, to get them out to your place, to get the no lemon guarantee, the 100% satisfaction guarantee, and the clean home guarantee, go to aeroplumbing.net or just Google Aero Plumbing. All right, back with you. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, we have our guest that is with us from North Carolina, Chris McCoy. Let me turn it back over to uh, Ryan Norris from our state director of AFP. Yes, yeah, he's got one last question. Hey, Chris, again, thank you very much for calling in and uh, kind of giving us some insights to North Carolina. Uh, w- one of the last questions I have is what economic benefits have you, has the state seen as a result of trying to work towards spending formulas and restraints on state government spending? I'll tell you what, um, I think, you know, anytime we went about and we started this, the, the uh, tax reform, and I think any good solid tax reform comes with restraint on spending and a, and a sensible spending plan. And as they did that, they kept spending in check. Um, and, you know, we don't have Tabor necessarily as a, as a uh, legislative measure, mm-hmm. although our, our, uh, our legislature does keep our spending within the taper limits um, during our budgeting process. And in doing so, over the last, uh, I'd say, you know, going back, but 2012, 2013, um, you know, we've, we had 11% unemployment almost in this state. Now we see a 4.5% unemployment. Wow. Um, we, wow. We've had, we paid back over $3 billion to the federal government <gasps> in that time um, awesome. that we had for unemployment insurance that we borrowed. We've um, put together a rainy day fund of about $3 billion at that point. And these are all during during when our taxes are in free fall and they're coming down. Right. We're controlling spending at the same time. We've gone from uh, the low 40s for being ranked for the best place to, to do business to up near, depending on which publication, it's averaging right around uh, second place or third place in the country. Um to move your business and, and, and do business in because the way that we've just, we've set the conditions economically in the state and we've given um, individuals and businesses, uh, you know, something to plan with. Right. And we, this know, was we're, all we're, during this bad economy period of time as well. We were coming out of it. Yeah, it, it was on the tail end of it. We, um, North Carolina's economy, North Carolina's tax system uh, really hadn't been updated since, the 40s we you know we were primarily a a manufacturing and and agricultural state um heavy on tobacco um agriculture and heavy on furniture and and uh textiles and in doing so we looked at it and we you know the legislature looked at it and said we we need to really modernize our tax codes we need to bring this into into current years and as we did that and we looked at it um, we were able to make these massive adjustments in there because it just we literally haven't changed much. Um, so as they made these these changes, the economy was starting to get on the upswing. We were we were struggling along down here in North Carolina, um, but by putting these into place, putting these tax reforms into place, it really put a shot in our arm. Yes, um, and we referred to it as the Carolina comeback. And yes, it, it yes. Was, well, Chris, I, I've got to, I've got I've got to run run pull it pull you in there, Chris, because we're running out of time. We'll get you back on the show in the very near future. Great job there. Keep up all of the good work. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you for coming in. Thanks for get you us. back in from uh, Americans for Prosperity, Shelley, Elizabeth. Always have love having you on. Yeah. I'm off to see uh, 
Mission Impossible 6. We'll see you later. Reviews tomorrow. The Dave Ellswick Show. <laughs> First hour, I'll tell you how good it was. Oh, Lordy. There you go. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.